Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, and I'm really excited to be joined today by English Goldsboro, who is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and she specializes in helping couples conceive the baby of their dreams in the least invasive way possible. She uses a combination of in-depth lab work and the power of a targeted nutritional plan to help couples get down to the root cause of their imbalances and restore their innate ability to conceive a healthy baby. So English, welcome to the show. Hi, I am so excited. I'm excited to have you here. And we were talking, you know, before we hit record, and I know quite a few of our listeners are maybe beyond the age of conception. However, I think a lot of our conversation around this applies to anybody, whether or not you're trying to conceive a baby. And I know many of the women that I work with have had daughters who are now struggling with fertility or with hormonal imbalances or with all the things. And it relates to men too. So I'm excited for that aspect of our conversation, but um, everyone, everyone, before before we launch into all the things though, um, I like to hear, and I I think my listeners appreciate just kind of hearing like how you got into doing what you're doing and what your journey has looked like thus far. Yes. Uh, So it wasn't a very linear um, if you will, way, which I guess you know, most people when they become entrepreneurs probably don't get it into it right away. Um, originally went and got my Bachelor of Science in Psychology, my Master's in School Counseling, um, thought I would go that route, um, got into the school system and realized that that wasn't going to be the best fit for me. Um, it takes a very special person to be able to work um, in the school system. Um, so just, you know, it wasn't for me, the politics weren't for me, um, what have you love the kids. Um, I was then the general manager of a live music venue here in town. So something completely different, uh, managing a staff of employees, bartenders, servers, what have you somehow, uh, my man and I decided that we would renovate a sprinter van, um, and go travel around the national parks for four months. So I paused being a manager, went out, explored the world. And I guess just in all the hiking and quietness and nature, um, I just kind of decided um, that I really wanted to get in the health and wellness field. I wanted to help women that were struggling with fertility. Mainly, I think I just had a lot of friends at the time that were going through that. Um, So in the research, you know, you kind of come across things you're like, oh, if the right diet can help fertility. Um, And it just felt like the right thing to do. So while we were traveling, I signed up to go back to school, started, I think the week after we got back to town. Um, and then it's kind of just all snowballed into good things uh, from there. Awesome. So, well, I'm, and you're, you're not the first person, but I gather you didn't get on this journey from your own personal experience, but rather from a desire to help those around you that have, you've seen 
Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of practitioners probably do get into it because of their own personal story. But I think for me, it was, it's just more so those around me. I have this desire to pull them out of whatever they're in. Um, So that's where it came from for me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I think a lot of people who listen to the show will be able to relate to that. So let's dive into this because, you know, I think we can make the argument that I feel like struggles with fertility are probably becoming more common or it's more commonly talked about finally. Um, And especially after COVID, we don't have to have a vaccine conversation. (laughs) (laughs) There's some things there. Anyways, um, from your perspective, like what has kind of contributed to the state that we're in with fertility and those who are struggling, you know, whether it's someone listening to the show or, you know, a mom with a, yeah. a daughter and a son and son who are struggling. Oh, so many things. Um, I think first and foremost, probably just the industrialization of the food industry, right? Mm-hmm. So we are moving away from eating natural whole foods into those packaged items. Um, inside those packaged items, we have so many different chemicals and mixtures of things that your body doesn't recognize as food. Um, So we've got all that. We've got the environmental toxins that are kind of in the air and our beauty products and everything. Um, I mean, even I think if you look at baby formula, there's um, a lot of kind of nasty ingredients in that. So it's like right out the womb or even while we're in the room, we're being exposed to things, right? So if if mom is exposed to things in pregnancy, you know, that baby is already being exposed to the chemicals and toxins. And I think it's just compounding over the years. So, you know, a lot of stuff in the air and the water and the food um, that is, you know, causing dysfunction in the body. Um, Partly, yeah, probably because people are talking about it more, but I really tend to feel like it's just on the rise. Unfortunately, I, I would agree with you. And, you know, probably neither of us have like major studies we can (laughs) point to that shows this, but it's just like, it's becoming more of a conversation. And I shared with you just before we recorded, I I've had this theme recently with, you know, a lot of who listens to the show and who have worked with are more in the perimenopause age, but I've had a theme of women in their late thirties or even going into their early forties who want to have a baby or have been trying for a long time and can't, or haven't been able to get pregnant. Um, And, you know, I think it's important to realize and, you know, I'm someone who I got pregnant without wanting to be, um, five years before it was part of my plan. And so I was one of those people who experienced like the ease of pregnancy in terms of getting there. However, my actual pregnancy was awful. And I think that's another, another thing we can talk about. And it was due to stress and due to toxins. And I've talked about that on the show quite a bit because my son was born five weeks early, um, all related to toxic stress, but so that that's a different, you know, conversation, but you know, there's, it's also really hard to get pregnant. Like it actually, and everything has to go right. Shed some light on that, but like everything has to go right and line up. Um, And so, you know, if you're listening and either struggling with this or, you know, know someone who is just know it's, they're not alone. And no, no. (laughs) yeah. So many, and it shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be a shameful thing because it really isn't something that, either the the female partner or the male partner is explicitly like doing to cause it. It's, it's nothing they've caused. Um, unfortunately, it's, you know, it's from things that are, they just don't know that it's affecting their body. It's unfortunate. Yeah. 
So let's get into, and I'm especially curious because I think a lot of women, we tend to approach fertility issues as somehow being all our fault. Um, yes. And that is not the case. No, <laughs> so. it's not. 50% of the time it is not. Yeah. You need two to tango with this ladies. Um, yeah. So what are some of the things that, you know, if we've been struggling, like what are some of the things that you recommend women start with to end men? Um, yeah, what too. do we need to do as a couple and as individuals to start, you know, improving our fertility? Yeah. Um, so on the point of, you know, not just being female, it's, you know, 50% of the time, it can definitely be male factor. I, I think a lot of times also, it's probably a little bit of both sides um, that really when, when it all comes together, is just causing an issue. Um, I think first and foremost, both couples can definitely just stop eating inflammatory things, right? So let's stop eating the industrialized seed oils, the canola oil, the soy, the corn, all of those things, um, step away from those packaged process items. Some are fine. I'm not saying, you know, you have to be strict, um, but getting back to the whole foods, the fruits, the vegetables, the grass fed meats, um, things like that. Um, I mean, because I do a lot of in-depth testing where we can look at a lot of different things, but none of that's going to matter um, if we're still putting that kind of crappy diet um, into our body. And there are so many couples who we haven't even needed all that testing. I mean, they really just needed to, to clean up the diet um, and it just improves so many things with your health. Um, so starting there for sure. Um, and by not following the food pyramid, it's probably, you know, take that food pyramid and flip it upside down. And that is really what we should be following. Um, yeah, that is a really unfortunate thing. So for those who aren't familiar with the food pyramid, let's just <laughs> ignore it. <laughs> let's talk about that. So yes. what should be the biggest thing that we consume? Oh man. Um, healthy fats. Uh, so, you know, the food pyramid has, I think fats, at the very, very top that is, like consume occasionally, Absolutely not. I mean, coconut oil and avocado and butter and cream, if you can tolerate dairy, um, are so, so important. Um, we can't make healthy hormones without healthy fats. And if we're limiting fats in our diet, you're just putting so much extra strain um, on your liver to produce that cholesterol for you. Uh, at the opposite side of that, at the bottom is eating whole grains with every meal. <laughs> I would so avoid that. Um, yeah. I mean, some are going to be fine, especially if you tolerate them fine, but, oh, I mean, especially here in America with them being genetically modified and then sprayed with pesticides, we're kind of just putting, well, and most in. of our grains are not whole grains. Most people don't even know what that is. Um, so if it's white, <laughs> stay away, yeah. you, you know, <laughs> white means it's been yeah. seriously messed with. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, so like heavily processed, right. And sprayed with yeah. things and, um, Mm, just contributing to all that inflammation that people are feeling. Yeah. Um, meats, you know, the pasture raised, the grass fed, the sustainably caught seafood, those should be consumed um, pretty heavily as well. So limit the grains, add back in the butter. <laughs> Definitely where Kerrygold, I would start. Bacon, butter, butter, all those things. It's like my favorite thing ever. So what is the Kerrygold Irish butter? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's good Absolutely. stuff. Anyone listening, they have it at Costco now. We finally have Costco yes. where I am. So <laughs> yes, get the butter. I know. Um, Absolutely. Throw it on everything. 
everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, also for those listening, like diving into the nutritional side of things, which I, I love. And, you know, obviously my training is more broad-based we'll say, but I've done a lot in the nutritional world. So many of us don't even realize how food is affecting us until you take a break from it. And so, you know, I, I get women and I've talked a lot about on the show with women specifically, like we have this diet culture and there's been so much restriction and all this stuff. And you have to really step back from that mindset. And with fertility too, we can talk about this as well, but, you know, just be willing to take a break and have this curiosity of like, how does this thing affect me or impact me? And then actually allow yourself to enjoy, you know, some of the things that we've done, like low fat to no fat and (laughs) cow's milk is where you get your calcium. Like those were marketing. (laughs) They actually don't have any scientific backing to them whatsoever. (laughs) So yes, but you, I mean, but you turn on the TV and you see the Missoula commercial for heart healthy vegetable oil or go yeah. low fat or, oh man. And it's, it's just ingrained um, from being little, right? Watching all the commercials and things like yeah. that. And there's all that money that's backed into all of it from the government. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, and, and men too, in both women, like we don't realize how we feel because you get so used to the symptoms that you have day in and day out. So you don't realize that the things that you're consuming every day are having such an effect on you until you can step away from them and then maybe reintroduce them. And then I'm, I'm willing to bet you're going to make that connection. Um, yeah. Once you, you've given your body time to recoup and get ready for it, it's going to tell you that it doesn't like something. So I get asked a lot and you can ask, because I know you do labs and stuff is, and I do as well. And I'm curious what things you look at with fertility, but before we get into that, you know, I, in my twenties, I was in chiropractic school. I got really into, you know, food stuff and how it affected me. And I, you know, paid to do the test to like test how many things I was allergic to, right. The, you know, food sensitivity <laughs> testing, which, and I'm not debunking any of that. However, for most of us, if you just give yourself a break from the inflammatory things, because here's the thing with that test, if you're inflamed, your body's going to have inflammatory responses to things that it shouldn't be like blueberries or apples or, you know, like things that we should be able to eat. Right. And so if you can give it a break from the things that we know cause inflammation, like crappy meat and, you know, dairy and processed anything, things that have added sugars, the hidden sugars, there's like 65 names for sugar. It's probably more than that now. Like just like, and actually just eat whole food, like follow the whole 30, whatever. Um, do that, your body will start to tell you stuff. You can go so far, like I've done genetic testing and know that I carry one gene for celiac disease and I don't have the gene to process lactose. I also just figured out by not eating dairy for a while and then trying it that I get a sore throat in three hours and I'm really mean to everybody. So like, <laughs> you know, yes. we can also yes. do that. You don't need to go down yeah. that route. Um, so I don't know if you have any input around there and then we can actually talk about what you do want to look at. Yeah. Um, so, So I'm kind of a proponent for both. I mean, I think, you know, we kind of have to take into consideration the symptoms that someone's having in their budget, right? Because some of those tests can be pretty cost prohibitive. Um, And it depends on how in tune somebody is with their own body. So just really weigh it out. I mean, and there's some kind of crappy tests out there. Um, I tend to use the MRT. So I don't know if that's one that you're familiar with, the mediator release test. I haven't. Um, 
It tends to be pretty good because they're, they're weighing out your blood, they're introducing the antigen and then they're weighing it again, but it also measures so many different types of reactions. Whereas if you're just doing those blood spot tests, I don't personally see how they can just take a few spots of blood and tell you, I don't know. I don't do those. I don't, maybe they're accurate. I'm not saying they're not. They just don't tend to be the ones I go for. Um, but I, th- I think people get caught up in those food sensitivity tests because they think that's the end all be all. Um, while it, it, it goes back to what you're saying with, there's a reason that those foods have become sensitive to you anyways, something that's caused it. And if we're not addressing that and we're just removing a bunch of foods, your list is just going to get longer and longer and longer. And that doesn't get us anywhere that we want to be. Um, yeah. So I think it depends. Um, you know, and whether that person wants that information or if we can just try an elimination style diet. Cause I think they both work. I think there's benefits to both. Um, and we don't always need those expensive tests like that. Yeah. I agree. Um, and to, you know, and I, like some of my clients are like, I need the data and they're super analytical. And if that's you, that's great. These things exist for that reason. And others, you know, and I'm also saying we can simplify it. Like it doesn't have to be super complicated in yes. side of yeah. that. So, I mean, there could be a benefit to waiting, right? Like if you're going to do like the gut work and you could skip that food sensitivity stuff. And then if you're not seeing the results that you want, you're not right. you know, getting then better. Then, then you're like, okay, well now maybe we should dive into that. Yeah. You know, just kind of depends. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So looking at, you know, the world of fertility, cause that's where your, your wheelhouse is. Yes. What, <laughs> what, you know, we've got like eat a diet with real food. That's, that's yes. essentially number one. We can boil that down. Yes. So from there, you know, does that, if that's not producing the results we want as in yep. getting pregnant, what's kind of the next step? What, what do you start to see or where do you start there? Yeah. Um, so definitely looking at what has caused, you know, this dysfunction that's underlying anyways. So pathogens, parasites, fungi, mold, chemicals, because um, we can really look at all of those things, right? And there could be something you're getting in your water supply. We just don't know. Um, so, you know, we, we want to look at mineral status, nutrient status, but also we have to keep taking all the layers down farther. Um, because, you know, I have women come to me and say, well, I think the reason that I have infertility is low progesterone. Well, okay. That has an effect, but that's probably not the lowest reason, you know, if we're peeling back the layers so we can take that back to thyroid function. Well, that's still not the root cause of what's going on. Cause there's a reason your thyroid's not functioning properly. So then that's where like the pair, like the parasites and the pathogens and all that comes in, even just nutrient status. Um, so it's a lot of looking at everything to be honest, cause there's so many hidden things um, that affect fertility. Yeah. And I, so we can, I didn't realize you were into the parasite. I talk about parasites <laughs> often and, nice. and my patients like measure stuff that they get out of them and it's great. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think a lot of us don't realize how much, so our bodies are, you know, living in symbiosis with a lot of organisms and they are essential for our normal function, like in terms of producing hormones and our immune system and all this stuff. 
and they get out of balance. And there's things that live in us that really shouldn't be there that can hang out. Like parasites can hold on to infections and diseases and, you know, stuff that recur and all of us have them. They're not going to necessarily show up in a stool sample. Um, and so if you've never done that. So when I talk to people about fertility and I, I don't know if you experienced this too, there's also this like intense amount of pressure to get pregnant. Right. And, you know, especially those who are past what we call, I hate that they labeled, you know, 35 plus as <laughs> pregnancy <laughs> over the age on yeah. any of that, you know, it, it becomes this added stressor. And I really encourage people to just like push pause and like, let's get you as healthy as you can be. Cause when you do that, your hormones balance and you don't yep. have low progesterone anymore. And like, we might have to yeah. deal with stress too. Cause that can be a root cause thing, but you know, there's a lot of <laughs> physical stressors is what we're talking yes. about. There's the emotional. Yeah. Side of yep. stress too. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yes. And I think that's important too, right? Because yeah. I think a lot of the people in the fertility community really, really hate when you say, okay, well, stress is affecting your fertility. And I would never tell someone, oh, just relax. It's going to happen. That's the quickest way um, to get punched in the face. <laughs> but stress comes in so many different forms and your body is perceiving it all as the same thing. So whether it's your boss yelling at you, traffic or a parasite, or you just reliving past trauma over and over again in your head, your body's perceiving that all as the same thing. Um, so that stress is definitely a multifaceted topic. It is. Yeah. And there's, yeah, I haven't actually boiled this down on the show before, but there's emotional stress, which is like our thoughts and traumas and those types of things. And there's chemical stress, which is all the other stuff we've been talking about with what you're putting in your body and on your body and breathing in the air and drinking and all that. And then there's physical stress, which is how we sit all day or, being in an accident or, you know, there's, and so all of these things compound. And I would even go so far as to, I've had quite a few people I've talked with recently that have added a component of social stress because both, both pre-pandemic, like with social media and all that, but now oh. post and like all this stuff we've been through in a huge way. And so all of this stuff compounds yep. and causes problems. Yep. I think I saw something and I don't know where I saw it. Um, probably some news station somewhere, which I don't suggest watching the news, but they had mentioned that a lot of people now have an addiction to fear um, because of the pandemic and stuff like that. So they're kind of fear seeking. Oh man, as if we needed another thing, right? Uh, like another reason to go searching for things like that. Uh, it's just not good. Uh, well, and you bring up a good point. I think this actually predates pandemic. I, um, I'm in a PhD program um, in integrative medicine that's based in quantum physics. So lately I've been oh, spending man. a lot of time with Joe Dispenza. Right? And, uh, I love that, but I cannot wrap my head around it yet. I'm it, trying. You know, it's taken, like, I feel like I'm finally, I'm like 70% done with my classes and I'm finally starting to like wrap my head around it in, in a cool way. But he talks about, you know, any emotion we can get addicted to, like our addictive patterns are what drive us. And so, and I've, I've experienced this in my life. It's like always needing, and this is specifically for my busy high performers on here. It's like, we always need the next thing. Right. And I only really survived, thrived under stress. And so I'd procrastinate just to like create that stress and it's not helping us in any way. And if you're trying to get pregnant, like that's not going to serve you at all. Um, and so that like, just being aware of that, like there's certain 
emotional patterns that we can get addicted to as well. And we have to address. I identify with that. That's that's what I'm working on currently, at least business-wise is not adding the next thing, not adding the next, just being in my business. And if I have time where it's not filled with something, that's okay. And that's probably a good thing, but it's hard to break that because I'm like, okay, well, I have this hour. I mean, I will print something. And then the time it takes to print it, I'm like, okay, well, what can, well, what else can I check? Why do I need to reply to an email while something's printing? Why can't that be 10 seconds of dead time? So I identify with your feelings of that um, quite well. Yeah, no, that's really good. And like anyone listening to this, it's, you know, we live in this high paced, fast paced, modern world where it's just like, we have to be more. And for women, we try to multitask and there's, you know, differences are in our brains and all that, but we can't really put our focus and attention fully on something if we're constantly doing two things at once. And like meditation is something that's recently come into my life. And I'm about to record an episode about this right after we we do this interview, but, you know, taking those pauses and allowing your brain to change along with like changing what you're putting in your body and all that, it will <laughs> impact you and making you healthier. Like it's just impossible not to. So yeah. at this point, that's what it's I have. Diff- to. You know, it's difficult to, mm-hmm. to get yourself because it's uncomfortable at first. It is very I'm, I'm not a master at that. So no, and I don't think like I'm not at all either. But like just having that awareness to be like, I could do that, or I could just sit here and look out the window. And that would be okay. I take the pause. <laughs> just take the pause. Yeah. Oh, well, yes. 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 Um, okay. So we have, you know, stressors, food being like a huge one of them. Um, when you do, so say like someone transforms their diet and eats real food and gives out some time and they're still not really seeing progress, where do you then go? Like what? And I know it kind of depends on the person, but then we're looking at lab work and kind of what are some of the things that you check regularly? Yeah. Um, so you definitely want to start in the gut with most clients, which does, you know, we have, we have to have that conversation where, okay, if we find something, are you willing to take a step back, get yourself healthy, kind of take care of whatever it is. Um, so we're looking in the gut. We're going to look for inflammation. We're going to look for immune activation. I don't know if immune is a bad word on here. <laughs> get you censored. Um, it's, it's social media. It gets me censored every time. Um, but you're looking for the immune activation or not activation because implantation itself is an inflammatory state. And some people's bodies are just so worn down that they can't stimulate that immune response to allow for implantation. So they get those, the chemical pregnancies. Um, but then some people on the flip side of that are inflammatory enough for implantation but so inflammatory that they can't come back down from that. Um, so definitely looking at the immune system to see what is imbalanced there. Um, why it's imbalanced is always going to be important, you know? So then looking for those metals, those molds, those environmental toxins, um, kind of doing all those things and then pairing all of that though, um, with some vagal kind of stuff, you know, the limbic system and the vagal tone and things like that. Um, just because if this is a long-standing thing and they've got other stressors, um, if we want the body to release anything and to heal, we really have to work on that emotional side of things. Um, 
which I think then pulls back in, you know, my college degrees. So then I at least get to say, oh, it's not like I have two college degrees for no reason. I can pull that back in. And then I don't feel so guilty about spending money on those. Uh, but um, yeah, and you're right. It, it's a little bit different for each person based on their history, how they feel, um, that kind of thing. So we feel it out. Use a little bit of intuition. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, that's a whole other conversation we can have in quantum intuition. <laughs> intuition. Yeah. Also, However, there is a, there's a part of it, like with, with any of this work that we do, I mean, there has to be some level of you kind of just, you have this feeling that it might be this, maybe we're wrong, but usually we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Whole nother conversation, but yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and let's touch on really quick because I actually haven't talked about the, you know, connection with brain and vagal yeah. nerve, which, so maybe we can dive into that a little bit for people just because I think some, it's been talked about more. So I have a book on my shelf behind me called the polyvagal theory. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like Stephen Porges, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, great book. If anyone's really curious about it, but I'll let you kind of dig into that slightly. I was going to say that's perfect timing because sitting right on my desk Excellent. is accessing the healing power of the vagus nerve. Yes. Um, so very, very similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so we have multiple vagus nerves. We have our parasympathetic state, our sympathetic state. So I think everybody probably has heard of the fight or flight response yep. um, and can relate it, you know, to running away from saber tooth tigers as, as an evolutionary type of thing. Um, but what I think a lot of people don't realize is with traumas or things that are in our body with the parasites, that kind of thing, we get stuck in that stressed out state and the body doesn't naturally just flow back and forth from, you know, stressed heightened sense to rest and digest and releasing. Um, and even if you don't perceive that the stress is still happening, it's perceiving, you know, your, your internal sense is still perceiving that it's there. Um, so just really getting the body to trust itself again, um, is kind of important, um, which I just direct people to YouTube videos of other people who do the exercises, I'm like watch this man do the exercise. Um, it's definitely in my realm of, Ooh, I would really like to add that. Um, currently haven't. So I just lean on resources um, when I need to. Yeah. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. No. Yeah. Other people, that's their, their whole thing. Right. So let them do what they do best and just send them back. I mean, cause it's no, the body holds on to everything. So things that have even happened a long time ago, the body's remembering it and it's going to travel into your adult life. And definitely affect fertility because the body needs to know that the environment's safe. And if a trauma happened when you were little and the body hasn't reset, it doesn't think this is a safe environment. And you might think, oh, well, I want a baby now. This is fine. <sighs> In your internal environment saying, no, it's not. Um, so we're going to take that, that take that even a step farther. Um, that stuff will actually carry on into baby should you conceive before you've really processed all that and you know that it's terrifying and exciting and you know crazy to think about but there is this element to you know we pass on to our kids 
whatever we're going through. Yes. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> you know, and that's where I, I share my story a lot, but um, you know, my ex-husband was an alcoholic. And so when I got pregnant with my son, it was literally like I had my period the day of our wedding. And that was the last time I got it. Like we, we got pregnant right away. Um, wow. Not part of the plan. We were moving yep. to Alaska. I found out I was pregnant three days before we left. I was moved oh. for a job. The guy was legitimately, I actually haven't talked about this on the show because he kind of scares me still legitimately crazy. Um, he's been in jail for the last 10 years. Uh, he, you know, I was six months pregnant and the Alaska state troopers came into, he was also a licensed arms dealer and set off a huge stick of dynamite. So they like got a warrant to come check mm. out our office. And so like this trooper comes mm. in in a bulletproof vest and then like 10 of them come in and take all of our stuff. Like, and I'm six months pregnant, just like, <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. On, on top of that, you know, my ex-husband was really struggled when we got up to Alaska yep. and didn't do well with unknown and like being pregnant was not part of yep. that. And so my son was born five weeks early and he's, struggled emotionally and he's had some upper respiratory stuff. Like he gets sick frequently. He's pretty healthy. Like I, you know, but yeah, I just think about, cause I did some research and learning about, you know, how that impacts a fetus in utero and it does. Yep. They experience all those emotions with us. They do all that. So yep. my point of all this being, you know, in terms of what you do and, and all this, like if you're struggling to get pregnant and even if you're not taking the time. And even if you already had your kids taking the time to really heal yourself and get as healthy as you can be and undo a lot of this damage yeah. and trauma and all yeah. this stuff will make a bigger impact on the world and life and your kids and your grandkids and your, you know, yep. on the road than you. Yeah. So, well, cause you're setting them up, you know, for yeah. more resilience because in, in stress while you're pregnant, isn't it's not necessarily a bad thing. It can be a good thing if mm-hmm. the fetus knows, okay, mom is stressed and now she's not stressed. You know, it, that yeah. ebb and that flow, that's well. good. It teaches, yeah, it teaches them, okay, I can be stressed, but things will return to normal and it's okay again. Um, so, you, you know, you're you're teaching them good things with that. Um, but unfortunately, when we get stuck in those environments that are unrelenting, um, it teaches them to also be fearful of the things that are around yeah. them. So, yeah. Most people don't think about that, right? <laughs> I mean, that feels so heavy and so <laughs> yeah. deep because most people are just like, I just want to get pregnant. That's all. I mean, and they don't, you know, we don't think about the emotions that we pass on for generation after generation. And even just on the simple term of diet stuff, right? The the diet that we're eating is turning the genetics on and off um, and setting like the kids up for health or not health um, for generations. Yeah. Um, and that's mom and dad you know? Yes. Oh um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bigger impact, sure. but it's also dad. Yes. Um, Half the genetics. Yep. So. Yep. All right. <laughs> I wasn't expecting us to go this deep on this, but I like it. Did you, have you read uh, emotion code? <laughs> yes, actually I heard. Uh, so for those listening, Dr. Bradley Nelson, um, he wrote a book called the emotion code and he was the keynote speaker at some, one of my trainings. And so I, nice learned it, but, um, really cool stuff to check out if you are unfamiliar, but it's yeah. All about releasing that stuff, like generationally, you know, finding and identifying where stuff's coming from. It's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. There's so much more to it than diet, right? (laughs) 
so much more. It's yeah. So like, and, you know, yeah. I don't always divulge all of that. Like if somebody's coming to me for a discovery call, I'm like, yeah. well, we are going to release all of these trauma because they would run away and never come back. Yeah. Um, so we're it's just like, okay, diet, we're going to, we're going to look at some labs and then we can maybe dip our toe in the water. Um, yeah. just don't run away. <laughs> come on back. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, those who listen to the show, I realize I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I think listeners have gotten used to me going, <laughs> going rather deep. Yeah. I, I get people on here who are like, I've never talked about this on a podcast. I'm like, cool. Well, that's what I do. That's the space we create, you know, and also like, we don't want to overwhelm you. Right. So start somewhere. And I know a lot of like, as another example, I've, I talk about this a lot, but I work with quite a few women in the Alaska native community who have a huge, like, it's just normal that they've all been sexually abused in some way. Right. Like most of them, hundred percent of their friends have that. And I've had interesting conversations with several of them around that because, you know, more than one have come through doing parasite cleanse and doing some of the stuff that we've talked about and been like, Oh, I have trauma from 40 years ago. I've never actually talked to anyone about, and I'm going to process it now, which is huge and amazing. And the level of being able to release that. I was going to say, I bet, I bet their body just lets go of not only the emotions, but the parasites and the fungi and how it's finally able to release it. Yeah. It's, it's huge. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in that place of wanting to get pregnant, just think of how much power is in being able to go through that kind of process before you do it. Yeah. And you can still scare you. Yeah. <laughs> if you've already had your kids, that's fine. Either there's still power and healing now um, in the later years as well. Um, okay. I had, oh, and I, I, all that to say, like, start where you can, you know, all of us can start by changing what we're eating. Yeah. And I think when you reframe it so that it's around healing and being as healthy as you can be, it stops being restrictive or feeling like you're dieting. It's It's not restrictive. I mean, once you get, once you get into it though, it's not restrictive. There's so many, you just, you might feel like it is at first because, Oh, you can't have your diet Mountain Dew and Oreos for breakfast anymore. Like, but (laughs) that's not food. So, you know, eh, there's just, and it's not, I think though, when they think, Oh, get healthy, some people's minds go all the way back to, Oh, low fat diet or, you know, and that's not what we're doing anyways. So yeah. Going keto. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> let's start by eating real food. Yes. We like, take things if we need to based on, you know, goals, but yeah, yeah. eat real food. So yep. awesome. Well, this yeah. conversation has been fantastic on multiple <laughs> levels. <laughs> For those listening, yeah. how, how can women connect with you? And yeah. Um, so if you are on social media, um, you can find me on Instagram, the nourishing tree. Mm, it's just nourishing treat Lou. That's a mistake I've made in the past. Nourishing tree Lou. Um, and then website is the nourishing tree Um, if they are curious about unexplained infertility, they can kind of scroll on down and there's a free resource for them that goes over the top reasons for unexplained infertility. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing yeah. your knowledge around all this. And I love just boiling it down to, you know, you don't need all the tests and you don't need all the infertility drugs and the, you know, IVF and all that, like start here. Yeah. Save yourself heartache and money and stress and skip the band-aid approach. Yeah, for sure. All things. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on-fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about. Mm -hmm.